Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello, it is great to be with you. Today we are talking about what it means to be a lifelong learner and how that relates to the contemplative life. And I think there's several different phraseologies that people tend to use when thinking about this concept. One is the concept of a beginner's mind, right? Seeing everything as if it's your first time to do it. And what does it mean to have a a beginner's mind? Uh, Christianity might refer to this as a childlike faith, right? Jesus uh, invites us to approach life like a child and to look at things with a sense of wonder, um, not having predisposed judgments or opinions or biases. And so I wonder, as we think about this concept of being a lifelong learner, what comes up for us today? Yes, it is interesting that you're able to quote the Bible like immediately, right? To say, oh, the Bible talks about uh, looking at life with a childlike faith. Because when I think about the early adult life of my faith life, it looks like trying to learn the answers, trying to have the specific answer. And uh, I have classically been an achiever and somebody who wants to feel like they know. I was a grown-up since I was six, right? Like I wanted to be taken seriously and know things. And so I think it's, and on one hand, Woo, it's been a learning curve for me to exist as a grown up who can live in wonder and childlikeness and not have all the answers. Turn to somebody else and say, That's a great question. I don't know. Uh, because grown ups are supposed to know stuff. And yet, this experience of being able to say, Yeah, I, I don't know. Let's look at it again. Let's see if this has something else to offer. So freeing, so opening. Yeah, no, I think when I I think about a lifelong learner, I think that's definitely a desire that I have, but I've experienced a lot of obstacles to that, you know, actually um, practicing lifelong learning. And I think one of the things that comes to my mind immediately is I think we just fall into ruts in life. You know, we're just barely surviving or we're in that type of mode where we just we're just doing the daily grind. And for me, being an extroverted person, I really like to learn in groups. And so I've had to consciously do classes, do a little bit with this group or do a little bit with that group. I have to intentionally put myself uh, in a situation where I'm going to learn and grow. And if I don't put myself in a situation, uh, it, it's I've learned I I can learn. I can read books on my own. I can sort of look into different areas of, of life that I want to know about, but I find that I do better in groups. And so that's helped me quite a bit as I look at this approach to lifelong learning is actually doing it in community. And one frame I've considered is, you know, it's obvious that we feed our bodies every day and we need to nourish ourselves, but this idea of feeding the mind every day and doing something to stretch the mind, even, you know, in the body, you know, one, one might stretch in the morning and do things like that. And so what does it mean to feed and to stretch the thinking? And in the same way, and, and, and it's a paradigm shift for me because I think I know that with my body, it's not like I, I walked one day and so I'm not going to walk again. Like, you know, it's a daily thing where I'm walking and moving and doing those things and I have to eat every single day. And somehow I think mentally it's like, oh, well, if I 
did something that I, I don't necessarily have to do that for a while versus kind of this daily thing of like, no, it's pretty important to feed the mind and to stretch the mind on a daily basis as just part of whole being and, and wellness. And so I think that to me ties into this idea of the invitation and excitement of lifelong learning. Yeah, I feel like this word curious has been a just action-packed, jam-packed word. Maybe in the last couple of years, uh, I don't think I was very good at being curious. <laughs> so somehow, I, it, I I think again, because I loved being able to feel like I knew something, that I understand it, that I was tracking with everybody. Um, but to be able, I mean, how many times have I sat with people and thought I understood what they were saying only to realize at some point, like, no, they were talking about something totally different. And if I had asked more questions, if I had been more curious, I would have maybe noticed that sooner or seen something differently. Uh, we would have related differently. So just learning really in this middle life to embrace a curiosity, a tell me more about that, um, that's been a huge thing for me over the last couple of years. Yeah. Curious is, is one of those words. I agree with you. I think an, another word for me is wonder. Uh, I'm currently reading a book called Walking in Wonder. Basically, it's about this relationship that this guy had with the theologian philosopher John O'Donohue and talking about uh, our relationship to nature and walking in wonder. But I, I'm also stirred uh, about my interactions with people, I think approaching uh, my interactions with a sense of wonder, like what is going to happen in this conversation uh, and not these, you know, pre predisposed ideas of what's going to take place or what's going to happen. And so I think for me, uh, this lifelong learning approach, having a sense of wonder is, is super helpful as well. And I think part of learning, I know there's like the cerebral learning, but there's also kind of lo the learning by doing and the action oriented learning and the, the experiments. And I think sometimes an obstacle would be, you know, frustration that, you know, you've learned something and you want to be at a particular level and you're not quite there yet. And so Chris and I kind of had this thing about like B minus work. And sometimes we're willing to do the B minus work because otherwise we're never going to get to the iteration of whatever it is that we're doing in a way that feels like more A type of work. Um, and this can be hard sometimes, right? Where it's like, okay, I know that this isn't optimal, but unless I'm doing this at the B minus level, I'm never going to then get feedback and figure out myself, like, what do I need to tweak, tweak or adapt or evaluate? And so um, I think sometimes that frustration and perfectionism can come in to be an obstacle, in my opinion, sometimes with the lifelong learning. And unless it's perfect, we don't want to do it type of a thing. That's really beautiful. It's really helpful. <laughs> Again, we really do want to put our best foot forward. And so being able to say, let me just try. And we allow that with kids, right? We say, I didn't expect you to play this song perfectly the first time. I didn't expect you to be able to do any of this perfectly. Like, I am well into my adult life and drawing a 3D box, it still stymies me. So just getting started, started can be so helpful. Also just, I have found it helpful to notice, okay, when I don't know something and I can't do it perfectly, what's happening inside of me? How am I feeling that in my body? Because <laughs> there is this reaction, this nervousness that can come when we realize, I don't know, I don't have the answers. 
So being able to kind of sit in that space of, okay, what does it feel like when I'm in that space of not being able to fully do it all the way I wanted to and kind of relax into it, get used to it, explore that space a little bit, embrace it to know it more fully. Because like what you're saying, if I start here at, at B minus work, so to say, like, that's maybe kind of like that first. Like at first I knew in part, I understood in part, and now I can understand more fully. I can keep moving forward just by getting started. It's interesting. I'm, I'm teaching uh, one of my children music, uh, and we're working with the circle of fifths to sort of learn what chords go together. And I love that there's this sort of uh, to push the boundaries of the rule of the circle of fifths. It's like, well, can you play an F chord uh, in the key of G? And I'm like, sure. Yeah, you can. And this, I love the exploration of, uh, I'm going to try, I'm going to try this note in this key, or I'm going to try doing this with this scale. And for me, it's like, I like playing along with, because it's like, can I transition? Can I transition into a new sort of space? Even though a lot of people might say, well, that's wrong. That doesn't, that doesn't sound good. That's uh, got a a discordant feel to it. And uh, so I think, uh, you know, even I love that word discordant, right? Like even that has something to teach us, right? When we, when something doesn't vibrate perfectly or the harmony is off a little bit, what is that teaching us? And so I I really look to music a lot to teach me. uh, And, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully I will be a lifelong learner and many other things besides music. But that's one of the things that 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 also comes up for me as we discuss this idea of lifelong learning. And I think that's good, too, because we do learn from the failures and the mistakes and the things that didn't go well. And I think that some of the most important learnings, I think, actually come from that. And so if we do have these contemplative practices and I, I appreciate what's been lifted up today about what's coming up in my body when I consider this or the idea of curiosity, can we look at our failures or mistakes or this didn't turn out exactly how I wanted, but I'm going to be curious about that. And I think that can be from the most simple thing of, I remember as a kid, one of my aunts saying, you always do a recipe three times. The first time it's not going to be very good. And then you adjust it the second time. And then by the third time you've perfected it. Right. And and it's really good. And so even that approach of like, I'm not even going to expect the first time that I write a blog post or, you know, even doing the podcast, it's like, you know, we've improved as we've podcasted together because we're growing as people and our flow together. And so whatever endeavor you do as an artist, as whatever you're learning just in the day-to-day, I think that that's an important thing too, of just expecting that there's going to be those mistakes and those trials and errors and adaptations and adjustments along the way. So interesting because um, I had been thinking a little bit before about the helpfulness of not judging, but really what you're describing isn't a process specifically of not judging, period, but it's a different sort of interaction with it. It's not like I turned off my brain and I'm not assessing things anymore, but I'm not judging it so as to shut it down, 
cast it out. Make, you know, it can't be in my circle anymore. <laughs> it's like an assessment that allows things in, allows things to get better. Uh, so I don't know if there's a better word for that, but it is a different quality to the way we use judgment. And I like that too, because then we can delight in our earlier versions. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I was listening to someone and she was talking about her business and like some of her first websites, when she looks back, she's like, oh, that was cute. Like I had this like teal and red and I was trying to be all whatever. And she looks at it now and it's like, that is, you know, she's so different now, but she can appreciate that version of who she was. And so I think that there becomes this lightheartedness. And again, going back to that childlike faith, children again, it's like, okay, yeah, that was, that was great. That was what it was in third grade. And we love the third grade, you know, things. And then we appreciate that in seventh grade, your sketches look a little bit different, but that doesn't discount the third grade version. And so there's this like inclusivity of all of it is great. And it's transforming us to be who we are today. Yeah. I really like that. I think sometimes we can look at our past selves or past experiences with critical eyes that just say, oh, that was just, that was useless. That was worthless. Really? I don't, I don't know if anything is worthless or doesn't hold value. I think if you look back and you're like, man, I wish I would have made different choices. Well, if, if you're saying, man, I wish I would have made different choices. What you're saying is, I learned something from that. And I I really like what we're lifting up because if you're looking at your past failures and mistakes as something that you can just erase, then you're actually not learning anything from it. You're not looking at it with with the eyes that say, I want to do better in the future. I want to make better decisions or I want to try something and I hope I fail. Uh, I think that's a helpful way to look at things too. I hope I feel really, really good at this new endeavor that I'm going to do and learn a lot from it. And I think specifically you people that are going on a new adventure or are embarking on a new life journey, I think looking at it from that angle can be really, really helpful. Yeah. And I appreciate too, just the humble posture of that beginner's mind that we talked about at the beginning of the episode. And, you know, I was talking to someone the other day and she's getting her master's in theater and she's been directing plays for close to two decades maybe. And she said, yeah, I'm, I'm taking a directing class this semester. And she, and I expected her to say like, you know, I've done this before. And she's like, I can't wait to see, she goes, I've directed for you know 20 years and I can't wait to see what I learned that's new. And I thought, what a wonderful, wonderful attitude going into this with that beginner's mind of humble. And there's always something new to learn. I think that just expands the world to us. So um, I'm excited about this topic of being a lifelong learner. And thank you for exploring it today together on this podcast. So on that note, this is the point of our podcast where we talk about what we are into this week. What are we into, friends? Well, I am into something that is pretty big, uh, particularly where we're at in the Midwest. It's called March Madness and college basketball, this college basketball tournament. For those that are listening uh, that aren't from America, it's this huge tournament. People fill out these brackets. Um, of who they think is going to win. And there's a lot of bantering back and forth about the team that you're rooting for. And uh, I am all into March Madness. I've already filled out my bracket. I've sent quite a bit of emails uh, trash talking other people and their teams uh, to try to goad them into joining the tournament with me all into uh, college basketball in the month of March and excited to see which college uh, comes out with a win. Which college will emerge? Yes. Woohoo, March Madness. 
Um, speaking of being a lifelong learner, I find it so interesting. Every time I discover something new related to prayer, I think that's got to be it. There can't be anything else out there that I've never heard of or never experienced or never seen. And just yesterday, uh, someone started a prayer session with singing chimes um, because they were subbing in for somebody else who normally uses a singing bowl. And it's so similar and yet just a slightly different thing. And now I really want to get singing chimes as well because it's just a little different and a little beautiful and um now I want singing chimes so that's my yay go for it Christina that sounds lovely um well I am into waterfalls so as we are recording we are going to be leaving tomorrow to head to Canada to visit family and on the way back we will be stopping off at the Niagara Falls and in addition to that, we are going to uh, North Carolina later on this year, and we're going to be visiting some family. And so last night, my niece was texting me different waterfalls in the area. And so waterfalls seem to be in the air. So I am looking forward to engaging with water in a new way in the coming weeks and months ahead. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And um, as always, we would love to invite you to do a couple of things. So one, if you enjoy the podcast, we would love it if you could rate and review so that others could find us. Um, thank you for doing that as a gift to us. Also, if you are interested in learning more about retreats and just having some inspiration into your inbox every other week, we send out a newsletter and we would love for you to sign up at the contemplativelife.net to be part of that newsletter list. So on that note, thanks for joining us. And until next time, make it a great week. Take care. Mm-hmm.